Blog Talk Radio. Indeed, there is. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Margie. And this is Jerry. And uh, we're going to be bringing a show to you tonight about the Book of Lies. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that so many times we live life kind of crashing forward, um, taking things for granted, uh, becoming too familiar with the lies that we don't even recognize them anymore. And so tonight I pray that you'd stop us in our tracks. Cause our minds to think and our hearts to understand. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we will no longer just just go along with the flow and accept things as they are, that we will stop and ask, who said that? What's going on here? What do I really believe about that? And that we do have a choice to change our mind and follow you, Lord God. And so I pray that you, as our wonderful counselor, our teacher, would open our eyes and ears tonight to instruct us in the ways of righteousness, that we would be able to discern and tell the difference between the holy and that which is holy and pure and that which is defiled and unclean, and so that we would not bring an offense to you, Lord God, and that our lives could be truly blessed. So protect us, Lord. You said that you would, um, uh, that no weapon formed against us would prosper, so we're asking for divine protection over us, even as we uh, ask that these airwaves and the people who are listening and calling in tonight would be greatly encouraged, Lord God, and that your divine protection would be upon us. We just thank you for this great privilege to be able to talk about your word. Amen. Amen. And I want to give the invitation right from the beginning here to you uh, that are listening uh, to call us. If you have a question or a comment, um, 347-215-8051. Again, that's 347 215 8051. Uh, give us a call. Yeah. Well, we're kind of going to be talking about something that I think is kind of interesting. Bad luck. I mean, uh, bad things happening to good people, kind of along that line. But really what we're wanting to do with this Book of Lies series, and we're going to interrupt the series next week for some special guests, but the Book of Lies is going to be helping us to get to the root causes of trouble, calamity, sicknesses, diseases, etc. in our life. Tonight we're going to be talking about um, bad luck. And uh, before we start talking with, about what the Bible says about bad luck, I think we just kind of should review, you know, when I was kind of looking and re- researching a little bit and preparing for this, I forgot how much I don't believe in bad luck anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't believe in luck at all, actually. Well, I, yeah, I bad or good. But, you know, the thing is, I mean, people, you know, they have their superstitions and their their good luck charms and their uh yeah, the rally caps at the baseball games the the what rally caps you know so if, if it's a <laughs> critical time in the game toward the end of the game and their the you know, team is behind uh-huh. you know so a lot of players will have you know superstitiously they'll put they'll fix their hat real you know they'll flip their bill of their hat and really? turn it a certain way and, and people in the in the crowd will do the same thing it's called a rally cap or, uh, or rally hat, just, you know, 
to, to hopefully to turn the luck around. Turn the luck around so oh the team my. can get the runs and oh come out with the win or go into extra innings at least. Oh, so okay. It's so, the rally cap. Well, you know, a lot of people hat. all through <laughs> history have used things, uh, omens, um, you know, charms. Uh, Remember the old rabbit's foot? Yeah. The rabbit's foot and, yeah, the, I don't know. How did they ever come up with a rabbit's foot? I have foot? no Give idea. I haven't, I, haven't good luck. The, I haven't looked at the history of it. But, yeah, that you know, would be something I forgot. Of, you know, you, you that hear up. that a lot from people. They say, well, good luck with your game. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Um, they, they don't use the word blessing much. They just use the no, word luck. No, the world's no. word right, is right. luck. Uh-huh. You know, but, you know, sometimes people will, I just kind of in looking at this, some people believe that they're born under a bad sign or a bad omen. You know, the stars weren't happy that night they were born or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so they, mm-hmm. they kind of, I, I think what it is with all of these things is we're looking for a way to explain what's going on. Right. And, and, and we're looking for a way to improve it. our situation, control it, to right. fix it, to control it yeah. so things will go well, our way. Yeah, I got to just throw this in. You know, that's really what demon worship is. Because they were always trying to improve their lot by figuring, try to figure out what the, would make the demons happy. Right. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of paganism is that you certain you set out food or you worship this certain statue mm-hmm. to uh, you, you know, turn to the east, you turn to the to, west, to you pacify, yeah. pacify the the gods which mm-hmm. are angry, small, unhappy, which are angry, which are Powerful. actually demonic powers. Uh, so they will be favorable mm-hmm. um, to us. So. Even things like Halloween, trick-or-treat, it's all about bargaining, bartering, trying to figure out. But tonight, we're going to take it a little bit deeper. But before we do that, you know, have you ever heard of that? You can probably, you probably know more about this than I do. Seven years of bad luck. You know, superstitions, you know, like, you know, breaking the mirror, and now you're going to have seven years of bad luck. With yeah, you don't want to open your umbrella inside a building or, or, walk, or, under or ladder. walk under a ladder or if a black cat crosses your path or I know. something like that. Well, you see... You know, a lot of people live like this, really. They think this is kind of silly, goofy, and, you know, we're modern and we don't. But really, we do these kinds of things all the time. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. Cross your fingers, yeah. <laughs> Cross and, your fingers. You know, if the light is green, then that means, and then you you uh, designate another meaning to going through the green light. That means then I get my, you know, my whatever, whatever is going to happen. And we look at our horoscopes. We read the horoscopes. We look. We're trying to yeah. find out, figure out, forecast the future so we can control it, predict it, or, you know, protect ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. But what, what really, can you define luck? Can you, like... Well, I'll tell you what. I am going to give you a dictionary definition. A that. real dictionary. A real dictionary. Nothing you made up. So oh, okay. I, I'm not making this up, All so right. it's right here in the dictionary. Uh, and, and luck, it says here, uh, several, you know, shades of meaning here. It says uh, good fortune... Or like is a stroke of, for example, a stroke of luck, chance, arbitrary distribution of events or outcomes, uh, a game of luck, um, an event determined by chance, something that seems to happen by chance rather than as a logical consequence. Um, so a fortunate or unfortunate event. That would be your good luck or bad luck. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Something fortunate or unfortunate that that happens to somebody, a se- or a series of such events. For example, like it's just my luck. Right, and there's no explanation for it, or no logical right. reason. It's just, for it's just it. very, very random. You know? mm-hmm. And you notice? Can I interrupt your yep. definition? 
some people just seem to ha- seem to have good luck. You know, like even at drawings and raffles and and you know they get the prize. I, I, you notice some people just, they just have, and the other people just yeah. don't ever some, have it. Some people I know that you know, won the lottery, you know, several different times. The same person. No, oh, yeah. I wonder if that's yeah. I mean, it's legitimate. Uh, but who it, knows what's going on there? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. See, that wasn't you, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't. You don't play, buy raffle play, tickets. I don't buy lottery tickets right, or, or anything like good that. Good for you. I don't go to the casinos or stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, um, something bearing luck, an event or action, or object regarded as bringing good or bad luck. Oh. Okay, so that would be like your rally cap or whatever. Okay. Uh, It is said to be, you know, bad luck to walk under ladders. We talked about that. Now, um, the origin is uncertain, it says here, probably from the low German word luck, L-U-K, the word was most likely borrowed as a, a gambling term. So, mm-hmm. well, know. I think we just kind of use it as common language, common word in our in our vocabulary um, for uh, describing a lot of things. And our hope, we put our hope on luck or fate or coincidence. We don't realize that the Bible says in, in Proverbs twenty six two that the curse without a cause does not come. So that means mm-hmm. there's a cause for not only the curse, but a cause for the blessings. Mm-hmm. And so because we aren't familiar with the word of God, we just kind of assume that it's kind of hit and miss thing. And, and some people have it, some people don't. And, you know, that, and when you're talking about objects, good luck, charms, there are also accursed objects. You know, the Bible talks about accursed objects. The Bible talks about um, the, the idolatry that people practice in um, looking to this fate, coincidence, and bad luck. But you realize that if fate has a mind of its own, mm-hmm. if coincidences uh, get to call the shots, if there is such a thing as bad luck, then they all would have to operate side of God's sovereignty. Right. You know, and fate is very, um, what can I say, fatalistic. Right. <laughs> Hopeless. No, no pun intended, but I mean, it, it's fate is like, it's just like I it can't. Is. I can't help it. Yeah. The the way uh, life has dealt me this. This decade. Um, yeah. I just can't do anything about mm-hmm. it. It's 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 fate. Um, you know, just. And then can't we decide it. to kind of give up, put it, put up with it, and um, you know, just. Well, it's kind of like the the term. You know, it it is what it is. I like hate that. Some, I, oh my. I hate that yeah. because you know what you are. All you're doing is agreeing that you're going to agree that it can stay the way it is because you agree that it is what it is, so you've just agreed. And people don't realize that spiritual warfare is basically coming into agreement with a lie that passes your power and authority over to the devil and lets him use it against you. And right. we'll go back to that later. Right. Well, the thing, another thing, too, Marjorie, is, is that uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. So, so really, uh, we do set things in motion. We do... By what we say, uh, establish certain things or reinforce such things, certain things, or open the door to certain events and situations by what we say, or by what we don't say, right. because you know there's that passive agreement where you you should have spoken, you should have said something, you should have spoken up, you should have made a declaration, and a lot of people, God has asked us, you know, He said, speak to the mountain, for example. You know, that'll be cast in the sea. But people don't open their mouth and speak to it. They just mumble, grumble, murmur, complain, and, you know, 
believe well, the lie that they don't have enough faith right. or something. Silence then can be kind of acquiescing right. to a situation. Well, I, you know, yeah. what can I do? And I can't right. do anything about and, it. You know what? People don't realize the authority and the power that God has given us as believers to take charge with our mouths. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. Um, he created the world with words. Words are extremely powerful to bring forth life or death. Yes. So, but anyway, I, I've got a couple more of these bad luck things going on. You know, people said, I've heard this said, well, all the luck I have is bad luck, or if bad luck is all the luck I have, at least I've got. Or I'd have no luck at all if I didn't have bad luck. <laughs> it sounds like a kind of a country music song. Probably, it? I'm yeah. sure there have been. Yeah, there's there's a lot yeah. of stuff in the, in the songs that are about that. You know, uh, and, and I think a lot of this luck idea come came from it, Greek mythology. You know, you have the, uh, the 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 story of the Odyssey, and uh, you know the sirens who would lure the sailors into the sea with their charming music or words, and and um. I, what's his name? Had a, he tied the sailors to the mast and he put wax in his ears so they could sail, sail past them. But the Bible also talks about a sailor in, in, in the book of Jonah. The sailors were very uh, superstitious. And there's another element to the idea of luck is superstition. Um, and because of the risks of, of sailing, if you go back to the story of Jonah, do you remember what happened there? Yeah, well, the sailors, they thought, well, they thought the reason that they were in this storm was because Jonah was along. Well, they tried, they they figured that out after a while. They that, figured it out. It's like, okay, you know, he's... He's out of God's will. He's, he's, he's running from God. He's so making we, his God mad. He's making his God mm-hmm. mad. So what we do is just throw him overboard mm-hmm. and the um, the storm will stop. And it did. Scary deal. How did that work? How does that work? Well, I, I believe part of the reason it worked is because you have to know that always in every situation, both God and Satan are working in the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing. Jonah had boarded this, the ship to go the wrong direction. And when the sailors cooperated with God by believing, they got, they got provoked into believing God by believing a lie that they were, that he was the bad luck and the reason they were drowning. So they asked God to forgive them. You can, yeah, you're looking that up. That's good. Ask God to forgive them if, while they threw him overboard so that they could save everybody because he confessed that he was disobedient. So God got them to help him pitch Jonah overboard so that he'd be closer to Nineveh so he'd catch the right fish on the way to the city, you know. So he actually, um, all this bad stuff that happened to Jonah was actually the hand of God because here's the, body, here's the whole rest of the story. You know, if he'd have just shown up in Nineveh, off the boat that God had told him to get on in the first place, just landed like any other passenger and came down the ramp and started preaching, repent, Nineveh's going to burn. You know, you got to get right with God and put the sackcloth and ashes on and, you know, go into fasting. People would have said, who are you? Shut up. No way. But you know what happened? (laughs) They saw him land on the shores of Nineveh Puked up by a whale. Puked up by a fish. And you can you imagine three days in there? He must look terrible. Slimy prophet. He, well, and he had to. I mean, I'm sure that his flesh was all white. He probably looked like a ghost, half digested, seaweed hanging out of his hair. And he's washed up onto the shore. Then he stands up, and all these people are totally freaked out that this man came out of the fish. So now they're going to listen to him no matter what he says because they're thinking he's like resurrected like he's some Superman prophet, you know. And so that's how he actually got their attention. So these sailors who were superstitious and fearful and believing the gods, the angry gods were going to, you know, 
be satisfied when they sacrificed Jonah to the water actually ended up doing the will of God. So it, it, it's kind of a, a comforting thing to know that if you're in a bad situation right now, God might be just using it all to position you to be a Jonah on the shores of a Nineveh somewhere. Yeah. And so it's a situation where Jonah, you know, he, he had really had a bad attitude toward and then if I say, oh, they're, they're horrible, yeah. ungodly people, I'm not going to go preach to them. And, yeah, and, uh, pretty self-righteous. So he goes huh? the opposite way. Yeah. And, uh, you know. He didn't want to be bothered by the will of God. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, you see, we see here, God got Jonah into that place. Even though Jonah was going the wrong way, mm-hmm. God was, in was working in control. So mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't a matter of luck or fate. But God orchestrates things. Yeah, and that's uh, good. You know, and, and so we have to realize, you mentioned earlier, Marjorie, about the sovereignty of God, that God is, is, is sovereign. You know, mm-hmm. we, we make choices and... And probably wrong choices, bad choices, right. disobedient choices even sometimes. Right, right. And, and, so, and, and there, there are, you know, there are consequences a lot of times too, mm-hmm. uh, very serious consequences to our disobedient choices. But at the same time, we have to remember that God is sovereign over all. There's a, there's a something that's unfolding, mm-hmm. and he's working. So, 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 in the meantime, so there's, not, there's nothing really random right. outside the sovereignty. Everything yeah. Yeah. on earth is calculated in, in the universe mm-hmm. is inside. It's within the sovereignty of God. And it's calculated precisely to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. You know, I think it's kind of early in the show to sh- share this verse, but I'd like to do it anyway. It's Proverbs 3, um, 4, 5, and 6, or 5, 6, and 7. A lot of people have memorized this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, or you could say on your own superstitions, or on your own experiences, or on your own mindset. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So even in the bad thing, you're saying, God... I know you've got a plan here. I'm looking for your plan. I, I see what the devil just did, and now I want to see what you are doing. No, That's he, called faith. He talks there about, in the Proverbs that you read about, don't lean on your own understanding. Uh, don't depend on your own understanding. Now, through our life experiences, we come to certain mm-hmm. conclusions yeah. about things right? and understanding about things. Now, there's, there's wisdom that can come from that. But there's also the danger that we can uh, no. limit limit ourselves, mm-hmm. limit God, because we're just confined to the realm of our experience, right? And how we, and, mm-hmm. and and how we have perceived that experience, and what's and how we have responded to that experience, mm-hmm. and so that can yeah. really just. So we're writing equations as we live. The equation, for example, is a little two or three year old is um, they write the equation. Okay, there's a hot burner. I touch my finger. There's pain. So you write the equation. You only have to go through it about one time and you've got to figure out hot burner equals pain. So I don't put my hand on the burner. That's a learning system. And the devil is trying to get us to write those equations that, um, you know, like love equals lust or um, people equal problems or relationships equal pain or difficulty. But here he goes on to say, in all your ways, acknowledge him 
and he shall direct your paths. This is really all God is asking us as believers to do, is to continue to walk by faith and acknowledge him. Jesus didn't say there will never be mountains in your path. He said in the path, when the mountain shows up, speak to it, for example. He said, um, God, he says, I've given you power. You know, and we don't believe that. We believe we're powerless. We believe that we're hopeless, powerless, victims, um, and, victim of fate, uh, victims of whatever, uh, bad luck, whatever. He says, um, do not be wise in your own eyes. There's a, here's another thing. Stop using your old mindsets, belief systems, programs, operating systems, and software to figure out, calculate, or determine your path. Yeah, so, you know, even like, you know, human wisdom and human reasoning is like we were saying, it can be very, it's insufficient. Mm-hmm. It's very limiting yeah. to us. Absolutely. So, so, but the, Especially, thing is, the thing is, it's good, you know, life experience can uh, bring wisdom to us mm-hmm. about certain things and how, how the world works and how people uh, work and how people react and so forth. But at the same time, you, you have to look. We can't get hung up on that, though. You, you get hung up on that. You have to look beyond that because the word of God a lot goes of times that. what God will do with his people, mm-hmm. he asks us to step out beyond our reason, exactly. beyond our experience, yeah, go into something new. If you look at all through scripture, you take um, Abraham, you know, he goes out to a land where he's never been. God's always asking people to do something that's beyond Mo- their human Mo- capabilities. Moses, who's been, a, who's been a shepherd, he, he goes to the most powerful man mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in, the, in the world, mm-hmm. powerful ruler in the world, Pharaoh, and he says, let my people go. Uh, he takes Amos, who was a farmer and sheep herder, Mm-hmm. and says, uh, you know, go prophesy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Gideon, who was just trying to survive. Yeah. And he said, you know, you're, you're, mighty man. you're a mighty man of valor. You're, you're going to get into something But if those so guys new. would have just been hanging with the circumstances and what it looked like, they'd have never stepped well, out, Peter, of the, yeah, out of the boat. Uh, Peter, James, John, fishermen, okay? That, they knew their life had been, you know, fishing. So... He said, Jesus said, now you're going to be fishers of men. Mm -hmm. Follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. So so God is taking us beyond our our experience. Mm -hmm. uh, And and those things are not without trials and testings and and difficulties at the Mm -hmm. same time. But we have to keep our focus on the fact that God has set this up. And he, he will lead us and he will show us. But we have to understand, be with honey, us, we have to understand this. that, you know, he says here, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. And then he goes on to say, it'll be health to your flesh and be strength to your bones. But do not be wise in your own eyes. This is the decision line. This is the choice where people have to step out beyond their own experiences, reason, their own um, ways, their own eyes, what we see, what we think, what we feel, our soul. We have to not use our soul software anymore that's been programmed by disappointment and the experiences of the pit, the snake pit of life. We need, God says walk in the spirit. He's asking us to not live this victim life, not live the, you know, with a pit mentality. Not, you know, and, and that doesn't mean I'm going to just name it and claim it and boast and carry on ridiculous. I am going to be humble before the Lord. But if I'm obedient, God will lead me in the way that I should and, go. And that's, that's the key. That's the key right there is the obedience. It's not just that we're just 
stepping out, you know, arrogant, in, in presumptuous, some, presumptuously yeah. in some new venture trying to make things happen. Or, yeah. But it's it's like God is will speak to you yeah. and, 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 and nudge you in that direction and you step out in that yeah. direction. He might only show you one step at a time. Here's the difference. He's not going to show you necessarily the whole Jesus the whole said, plan. Jesus said, abide in me as I as you abide in me and my word abides then you then ask what you will and it'll be done for you. A lot of people talk about, you know, taking the step of faith is like going out on a limb. And, you know, a lot of people take this presumptuous going out on a limb risk that is against their own common sense. But the devil says, oh, he imitates uh, a lying spirit of you can do it faith kind of thing, uh, antichrist spirit. And they jump out on a limb and they get broken off and, and God does not come through. And then they wonder, well, you know, where is, God and my faith must not be good enough. But wait a minute. Here's the deal. God never asks us to go out on a limb. God says you are a limb. You are a branch. And as a branch, we don't ever risk anything. We just stay abiding. He says, if you abide in me, my strength, my power, my will, my purpose will go through you to complete what I want done. We'll we'll hear. So God doesn't ask us to go out on a limb. Right. When we're abiding in Christ, we're going to hear. We're in the branch. We're going to hear his voice. We're going to hear his voice. His life's going to is coming through us, and so we're we're. He's called us to bear fruit, Mm -hmm. and that our fruit should remain. Mm -hmm. Part of that is is just uh, going beyond our our experience. So the basically, it's it's the life of Jesus that just pours through us. Uh, as as we abide in him means to continue in him mm-hmm. it means to come to him and uh, i just want to say too if you know you're listening tonight and, and you've never really given your life over to jesus christ uh, i want to encourage you to do that mm-hmm. put your faith in him that he he's given us life for you on the cross he's been raised from the dead he loves you mm-hmm. he calls you to himself he calls you to, to a, a whole new way of living that's right. And, and it's not a matter of, you know, going to, just going to church or finding the right religion. It's a matter of coming to Jesus and then continuing him in that relationship of uh, you listening to him, uh, him letting, speaking to you, yeah. you're listening to him, yeah. and then you're speaking uh, with him and for him. And he's with you in every situation. Because He said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He sent his Holy Spirit. When you ask yeah. Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, and so he begins to lead and guide. And that's why the Bible says we can walk in the Spirit or walk under the counsel of the Holy Spirit. But, but kind of going back to the lies that people believe, you know, first of all, bottom line is, do you believe Jesus? If you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have no choices. You're just going to be doing what you're going to do, and you're going to do the best you can and try to survive. That's your, that's your only uh, hope right there. And it's no hope because it doesn't work. If you're in Christ, you still have a choice. You can still stay in that old mindset of trying to survive, figure it out, do it yourself. I'm a victim. Got to figure it uh, uh, Take charge. Uh, get my good luck charms going. Make God happy. Whatever. Or you can step across that line and say, you know what? Thy will be done, O God. I'm not going to lead to my own understanding. I'm going to trust you because I'm not a victim. Now, one of the things the devil wants to create in people after this Christians go back and forth over this line a lot, back and forth, back and forth, in the flesh, in the spirit, in the flesh, in the spirit. It digs a rut. You, become, you stay in that rut all your life. Actually, you've just dug your grave. You die in that grave, and you never accomplish 
what the Lord God has called you and appointed you to, to do. And, the, and he's called you, according, according to John fifteen sixteen. he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and called you and appointed you that you should go and bear, uh, bring forth much fruit. Now, yeah, fruit, he said, bring forth fruit that will uh, remain. That will remain. Fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. That's, so there's a progression of, of fruitfulness that God has for us. But you see, the thing is, what Satan wants to do, he wants to cast you in the image of defeat, uh, being a victim, seeing yourself as a victim instead of a victor. The Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Now, do you see yourself that way? Or do you see yourself in a stretch of seven years of bad luck trying to figure out what you did wrong um, to make God mad at you, what penance you have to pay, what good luck charms? I mean, what nonsense. What, what, what would but, be, Marjorie, what, what would be some examples of uh, folks that, uh, of a uh, victim mentality? Well, we could start with the examples. first victims were the ones who worshipped demons in the Old Testament, New Testament, Greek mythology, um, you know, all of that sort of thing. They, were, they saw themselves as less than the gods they worshipped, although the gods they worshipped were six stones, and behind those sticks and stones were demons. So they saw themselves not as, the Bible says, uh, what's proverb, what psalm is that, where he says, um, have I not, has it not written that you are all gods, that you are God? Okay, so God created us in his image as to, to love what he loves, hate what he hates, we are made in the image of God. And Jesus said, uh, was it for John? I think it's John 10. He says, does your scripture not say you're all gods? Now, this doesn't mean, like the New Agers, they want it to be, we are becoming gods. You know, they're going to do what they can do, meditating and yoga and mantras and stand on their head and whatever else they do to become gods, their own God. We are not our own God we have a God, and it is the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, it says in John, it's John 10. I'm going to read this because this is a big screwed up mess because a lot of people don't know who they are. Um, they think they're victims. They think they're poor. They think they're, you know, abandoned. They think their lives are hopeless. He says, uh, the Jews answered saying, um, well, let's back up to 32, 10, 32. Jesus answered, many good works I have shown you. From my father, for which of these works do you stone me? They wanted to kill him. For what? For healing people. Okay. The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he calls them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the father sanctified, and sent into this world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God? He didn't say he was the son of a God. He said he was the son of God. We're also sons and daughters of the Most High God, created in the image of God. So the word of God says you are gods. But as gods, we have turned ourselves into uh, victims. We have uh, worshipped false gods. And when you worship something, you submit to that thing. The only thing that's good enough for us to worship that keeps us in right identity is to worship the one true God who made us. Right, and, and that's, that's the, the distinction here. But we are created in likeness to the image of God. Uh, Jesus there, I, I, I believe, is referring to Psalm 82, verse 6. Mm-hmm. says, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. So, so we are created in the already. In, already in the likeness and mm-hmm. image of God. And when we get saved, what happens is that spiritual candle gets lit 
when you were yet dead in sins and trespasses, he quickened you. So now you see the true origin of who you are. And that be number one. If you're a daughter or son of the Most High God, how, what's bad luck to you? It's stupid. It's nothing. It's, why are we putting up with this, the, the devil harassing us? Because we think it's God's will or we think we deserve it. There's some other lies we'll get to in a minute. But notice, first of all, we have to put away idolatry. There's one God. There's not a God of chance. There's not a God of, there's not Zeus. There's not Nimrod. There's not Apollyon. There's not one world order. There's not the, the masses and their opinions. There's, there's one God, and that is the one true God who created heaven and earth. So, so what you're saying, Marjorie, is that when, uh, when we, we, when we uh, are involved in superstitions, right. or, or we talk about luck or chance or mm-hmm. whatever, Magic, magic's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that we are are actually idolaters because basically what what an idolatry is is looking to to someone or something other than God for our support, for our guidance, for our well-being. And it also says that God doesn't really. It's absolutely right. So the first commandment, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." Can you read that? Can you find that? Well, I'm going to read this one in Isaiah. He says uh, um, in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 5, it says, Thus says the Lord God, who created the heavens and stretched them out. Oh, who did that? Zeus? Jupiter? Satan? Who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, even the grass. It says, Jesus said in the end, you know, one of the days they were after him, he says, "Every every blade of grass that is not created by my Father will be plucked out. And I was had to laugh at that. Yeah, all that GMO stuff is going to go one of these days, going to be gone. Yeah. Anyway, that's off the subject. Um, who spread forth the earth that, and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. What does that say? I will hold your hand. Now, do you believe that? If he's holding your hand, then why are you holding hands with the liar? Why, why do you need anything else? Right. Uh, it, let me, let me he read. says, I will keep you and give you a, as a covenant to the people, a light to the Gentiles to open the blind eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Okay, now this is from Exodus 20. The, command, the uh, first the, commandment. The Ten Commandments, but I'm going to read these um, first uh, well, a few verses here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exodus 20, verses 1 through 5. I'm reading from the King James Version. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt have no other gods, small g, uh, gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the sea. Thou shalt not bow down down thyself to them and serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And then verse 6, um, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You know, so, it sounds like here that God knew ahead of time exactly what the biggest problem was going to be. And that was that they were going to start following many gods, worshiping them, making images. And you look all through 
the, the other story. See, the, there's the story of Jesus Christ, which is told through the scriptures. And Satan had to come up with the story, too. So he crafted many, many stories, and we, we kind of can lump them together as uh, Greek mythology, you know, Eastern fables. fables. Yeah, and, and many gods. And he, here, look, it. he gave them the Ten Commandments and told them not to worship any other gods. And as, as Moses was bringing these down off the mountain, what were they doing? They were worshiping an idol. A golden calf. A golden calf. And uh-huh. Partying. And, they were, and they, they, their hearts kind of were, they had been so filled with Egypt, and there was so much of this going on in Egypt that it had, they had sort of merged well, well, that's, with the culture, I think, of Egypt. Well, that's, of this, Egypt. Is, this is true in our, in our day, too. Mm-hmm. There are so many superstitions and religious cultures that have the origins and and uh, yeah. Babylonian history. All, a lot of people don't yeah, realize that, yeah. but all these different reli- other world religions, superstitions, uh, worldviews, philosophies, mm-hmm. uh, most of these are have well, developed as uh, as lies and concoctions of the devil right. as 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 fables. Well, you know what. And Some Jesus of it, said, in, uh, Paul told Timothy in the last days, people will turn their ears from the truth and, mm-hmm. and turn to fables. You know, some of it, the devil has made up. It's all stories, fables. It's straight up paganism. Yep. It's straight up rebellion against God. Now, but the devil's gotten a little smarter in the, towards the end. And now he's got another option out there. And he, what he does is he mixes the true gospel of Jesus Christ with the the concoctions of superstitions, uh, confusion, mixing holidays, mixing words, symbols, uh, meanings of things, so that people a lot of times think that they're following Christ or the the scripture, and they don't know enough about the scripture to know that they're actually consuming a mixed uh, message, a, a mixture of of truth and lie. But if you mix arsenic with you know wonderful, well cooked New New York strip sirloin tenderloin whatever, and you but you just put a little bit of arsenic on it. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Do you have supper, or do you have poison? You have poison. Yeah. yeah. So it, it see, but people, please, guys, you know this is your life on the line here, and some of you are going great guns for God, and some of you are you got to turn around, you got to stop, you got to take a stand and say, you know, wait, stop, whoa. Who's talking to me out there? What, what, what's this thing in my mind that says I can't do this or I'm never going to make it or life is what it is? Shut up. Where are you from? There are only two kingdoms, guys. There's not three kingdoms. There's not a kingdom of my flesh like the church wants you to believe. Oh, it's just my flesh. Or I just, you know, it's, I got to get more uh, self-control. It, it, the Holy Spirit's the one who's supposed to perfect that which concerns you and sanctify you. So you let him do that job and you just follow him. But the Bible says, God says, you are my witnesses. He said, you are more than conquerors. That's what God, God, God says. And Jesus says, I can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yet without him, we can do nothing. Yeah, so so we're, we're, we're destined and called to be victors. But can, can you give a few more examples of, of, um, of people that um, are in this victim mentality? Okay, victims, like, for yeah. example, some give, of the... Give some good examples. Uh, okay, all right. Here's, here's how the devil kind of works it. He, he has to... I think the devil makes a lot of reasonable arguments through our minds. And, of course, reasoning is one of the R's from hell. There's 
there's reasoning, there's responsibility, there's reality, there's religion, there's probably a few more, but so, and rules. Satan uses a, 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 a debate plan and he brings it to our mind. So it's like our own self-talk. It sounds like we're thinking these things and feeling these things. And some of the things that people say to themselves um, are like, for example, um, I'm no good. I don't deserve good things. These are things that count, that are precursors to the, the demon bringing bad luck. Because if you believe, speak with your mouth, I'm, I just, I'm just cursed. There's no, I, I just have bad luck constantly. This, this pattern, it must be my fault. So here's some of the things you say. I'm no good. I do not deserve good things. I am bad. I'm guilty of doing something wrong. So if guilt can get you to agree, the, the great accuser of the brethren, can get you to agree that you have done something wrong, then he can bring in his three friends. And his, one of his friends is, uh, I don't deserve good things. So a lot of these things are, are um, these, these mindsets, attitudes are not necessarily anything that we verbalize. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's going on in our yeah, mental process. Yeah, it's kind of like the running, the uh, running thought it's process a run, behind this. It's a running this. program. Yep, yep. It's mm-hmm. a program that's just kind of running constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hate that. You know, because what it does is it taints, it, it messes up relationships, opportunities. People, you know, they're down in the molly grubs, they're murmuring, complaining in doubt, don't think it's going to work. And, and, and they're being influenced, and they never stop and, and say, wait a minute, what is that program? What, what, what did you say, devil? Because we don't believe, for one thing, Christians don't believe Christians can have demons, but the Bible never says Christians can't have demons. There's no place where it says a Christian cannot have a demon. As a matter of fact, there's several very powerful examples where Jesus showed his own disciples were being at that moment very influenced by demons. And Having a demon or being influenced by a demon, I don't know what the, you know, the difference is, because if you're under the influence, you're under the influence. Maybe it's a moment, maybe it's just a long enough time to wreck everything. Uh, maybe you're not like the demoniac of Gadara, obviously, but if the devil's in control, he's in control. Well, here's, uh, here's where we need to come. Uh, Romans chapter 12, mm-hmm. um, uh, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, Some translations say, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. Mm -hmm. I think there's one paraphrase that says, don't let the world, this present evil world system, pour you into its mold. Yeah. Uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So basically, there's a process when we come to Christ. There's a process of being um, deprogrammed, um, right. defragged, so, defragged. Uh, to get out that old way of thinking. And, and how is that accomplished? It, 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 it is accomplished through our meditation on the scripture mm-hmm. and learning that, that you view gradually you come to the place and it's a process where you view all of life uh, from, from God's from, point, from of, God's view. point mm-hmm. of view. Now God is obviously he's got a point of view that's far greater than what mm-hmm. we can imagine, but we're, we're more and more seeing things and seeing ourselves as the Jesus, way yeah. God mm-hmm. sees us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's that that is a is a process that has well, to happen 
uh, and because that's that's where the transformation well, that's, yeah, comes. Yeah, that's where the deleting. We have to delete these lies. Delete the well, lies. we don't have to do it. Actually, the Holy Spirit does it, yeah. but we have to be aware of them before we can agree with them to delete them. So Jerry's absolutely right. Be transformed. So we're raised in the snake pit of experiences to believe I am no good because bad things happen to me. I must be bad or I do bad things. Therefore, I must be bad, which goes contrary to what God says. He made us good. He made us in his image. And a lot of the religions out there say we're born depraved. That's not true. We are born made in the image of God. And depravity has to be run into the equation to be solved somehow. So what they do is they say man, and, man is depraved, but we're not depraved. The devil has to be put in the equation. Then we can understand depravity. But anyway, let's go back to the lies for a minute. If I am no good, and I, then I do not deserve good things. If I say in my mind, subconsciously, whatever, I've made the agreement, I don't deserve good things. I'm so bad. I'm guilty of doing something wrong. I broke the law. That's a big one. And now it's my fault. Or we say things like, I should have, and I didn't, therefore it's my, my fault. I could have, but I didn't, therefore it's my fault. I needed to, but I didn't, therefore it's my fault. So Satan is trying to make us responsible for something that's probably not even our responsibility. So he creates an opening for guilt, and guilt comes in to bring blame, and those two chase us down, tie us down, and get us to agree, I don't deserve good things. Now, the minute you sign that check, I don't deserve good things, it's like you write out a link to I don't deserve good things, and he says, good, now you, now you see that we can take everything from you because you just agreed so, the blessings of God, you don't, believe, you don't deserve them, so the good things, we miss them. The devil scoots them off before we even get to pick them up. Right. It's like giving a blank check to the devil. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. And, and, but, we think, but we think, well, I, I sinned. Well, guess what? We all sin. Even saved people sin. Why do they sin? Because we get tricked. We believe lies. Just because you didn't get saved doesn't mean you're now immune from being tricked or deceived. But God says in First John, when you get tricked, when you sin, confess your sin Come out of agreement with that lie. Say, God, you're right. I was wrong. I got tricked. Forgive me. And that's it. God doesn't say, okay, now you've got to do three Our Fathers and four Hail Marys and you know, wear sackcloth and ashes. He just says, okay, you're forgiven. The devil, however, wants to make it, drag it into court and say, no, 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 that's, not, that's too easy, God. Don't let them off the hook. They agreed that they're no good. And here, they're agreeing with me, as a matter of fact, that they're no good because they are not believing you. They're murmuring, complaining. They let, you know. So you see, the devil is building his case against us. And the, 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 the ridiculous thing is that we've actually inadvertently agreed with the prosecutor who's prosecuting us. And we refuse to even agree with the defense attorney, who is Jesus Christ, who's trying to defend us. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. But here, here's the deal. Uh, okay, let's talk about just, just a, a person, anybody. It's going through the day. Uh, you've got things that seem to be really good happening. You've got things that seem to be really bad. Things that maybe maybe tra- some tragedy strikes. Uh, things that maybe are, are are annoying to you. But how just with the with this uh, stream of life, you know, with what's referred to as the ups and downs and the stresses and strains. Is there a certain mindset that we need to have, and just in order? How, how yeah. so? So yeah. we're so we're processing life. How do we properly 
well, biblically process the flow of life okay. that we're all Here, in. I, I like to tell you, first of all, that I say all the how do I's are from hell. Because okay. Satan sets up a bunch of how do I's solutions to the problems he's already set up to help you religiously with discipline, with, with you know, trying and self-effort to quit doing what you can't stop. I call that craving. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. First of all, know, K-N-O-W, who you are. Know what the Bible says. Don't argue with the Bible. Get, step over into the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do his job. His job is to sanctify us, discipline us, uh, protect us, lead us into all truth and triumph. And he really bears the burden of my sanctification, not me. I am to follow. So here's what I have to do. Realize there's a war going on right inside of me. And the war is not in my mind. My mind is all corrupted. My heart is desperately wicked. And the, this, the battle is between my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotions, and my spirit, which is God's. So when people talk about the battle of the mind, uh, that's still, that you have to take it one more step. That's, that's, it's just, a, it's more of a, that's more of a surface. But know view. that there's a war going on between my soul, which is my old software, which has been programmed to believe the lies, the experiences of hell, carefully programmed, generationally programmed, through patterns. I mean, those same familiar spirits that mess with your parents and grandparents are the same ones messing with you. Pretty much they stay committed to the one bloodline that they have been assigned to. Anyway, so now you go to the other side and you say, Holy Spirit, okay, there's a war. So here's what I have to do. I stand in the middle and I say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's talking to me? Who said that? Where are you from? Heaven or hell? Checking, checking the thoughts. Taking captive every thought. Every making thought it subject the to the obedience of Christ. of Christ. What do you think God's talking about there? You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said that? Well, I said that. That was just me. Well, who is just me? Really, seriously. That is the strong man, familiar spirit that, spirit that Jesus talked about, who comes to plunder the house. He comes to divide the house, set you up in opposition to yourself. You know how many people have said, I'm my own worst enemy. Well, how does that help bring glory to God and get you to heaven? You know, that's that's called self-improvement that doesn't ever end because you're never going to be perfect enough. So I get out of the self-improve, the devil's self-improvement classes and the, and the how do I's. And I, I say, you know, Lord, have mercy on me. I don't know how to do this. You know how to do this. But I do not say, who's talking to me? Are you from heaven or hell? Now, you say, well, how do you know? Well, here's how you know. Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. So you reduce that thought down to its lowest common denominator. If it's doubt, if it's fear. If it's hopelessness, if it's despair, if, it, if it's and really, you know, just to review a little bit, you know, you know who you are, you know you're loved, you know you're a child of God, you know you're in a war, okay, and and it's a spiritual war for your soul, and also there's a there's a point where um, you are recognizing what's going on and you're discerning it based on the scriptures okay so so it's a it's a process of renewing your mind you're able to judge it through the holy spirit who's through, doing through that. the holy spirit mm-hmm. through the through the word and through the knowledge of the word of god and the holy spirit will bring to mind those things that that jesus has spoken to us so so we're really looking at life through uh through the um, through the Word of God, uh, looking at right. it in, in, and giving, getting, getting mm-hmm. as much of a true perspective as we can. For example, you know, in all things, uh, Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. For example, all God is together. working together for good 
to those who, to love, those God. who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. So mm-hmm. we've we've got that going, and there's other. Does God, you see the, the question is Satan wants to make God out to be a liar to you. He wants you to feel like God's abandoned you, left you. God isn't keeping His promises. God doesn't keep His word, and that you know you you have to beg Him. You have to arm wrestle God, and He still doesn't listen. And so many people are bitter and mad at God because they've not realize the war that's going on. They don't realize that the Lord is with us. He is with us in our afflictions. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He's right there with you right now. And so when we, when we come into these places where the devil's talking to you and you see the fruit of this thing is dis- discouragement and despair and defeat, you say, Lord, have mercy upon me. I don't want this. Cancel out my agreement with I am bad because that's not what your word says. I cancel out the agreement with I don't deserve good things because that's not what your word says. Now, we're not here to name it and claim it. We know that, there, that all those who love God in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution, etc. We talked about some of those things before. But, for example, another lie that a lot of people believe is they're born with this uh, melancholy kind of negative, it'll never happen, it's never going to work, it's never going to change, I give up. Uh, what if, that's anxiety, is kind of the what if. Um, it's too good to be true, it's too easy, it's too hard, it's too simple, it's too impossible, it's too unheard of. See, the devil, he even contradicts himself. Sometimes you'll hear yourself say, it's too easy. Then the other excuse is, it's too hard, it's too simple, it's too impossible. So the devil will you know, bring all these arguments, but bottom line, negativity, murmuring, complaining, murmuring and complaining, kill thankfulness. You know, if you're in a waiting period, that seven-year waiting period is not necessarily seven years, and it's not bad luck, but it's like this. If God, it, 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 Paul says we die daily. So if we're dying, then we're waiting. Waiting is dying. And so um, we, what we can do in that period uh, to prove that we're still with God and wanting God is to be thankful. We cut down, shut down, murmuring and complaining and that which actually kill thankfulness and joy and joyful expectations and set our hearts upon God. So the Bible says to do all things heartily that, that you put your hand to and do them without murmuring and complaining. And then Paul says, I know in whatsoever state I am there, but to be content, I know how to be abased, I know how to abound. And they were both the same to Paul. Paul was content with something deeper, more solid than the happenings or the happenstances, I can't say the word, the circumstances, happenings of what was going on. Whether it was going good, going bad, didn't matter because he knew he was loved by God and the Lord was his portion. So if there's anybody, by the way, who wants to call in right now, it'd be a good time to do that. Add a comment, ask a question. And if you have a, a series of bad luck stuff, things going on in your life, we'll get to how to solve that. Um, just in a few minutes, but here's the number. Number is 347-215-8051. Again, 347-215-8051. Give us a call. Yeah, don't be afraid. This is your time to ask questions. And actually, you know, Jerry, one of the things we want to turn this radio show into is on-air ministry, airtime so that people can call in and get their questions answered. We can actually minister to them, pray with them to set them free. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, this is here for, this is here for you. Yeah. Rescue radio is here for you. Hey, uh, I want to read uh, Philippians chapter four. Okay. Uh, verses four through eight. 
And, uh, you know, this is, this is what I see. Um, this is a way of going through life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going through every, through life's, you know, through every day. Mm-hmm. Whatever the day, the good days, the hard days, the good days, the, days. the hard days, the tragic days, the the blah days, whatever they are. But he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So, rejoicing, an attitude of rejoicing in the Lord. Maybe you can't rejoice so much in your circumstances, <laughs> but you can rejoice always in the Lord because He's always with you. Uh, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. He's He's right there with you. He says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. So by prayer, an attitude of prayer and humble asking, specific asking, with thanksgiving, be thankful to the Lord again. Um, let your request be made known to God. So mm-hmm. the Lord, realize that the Lord is right there with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry. If you catch yourself worry, shift shift gears. Shift, turn your worry Do you realize into how hard it is to do this sometimes when you're so panicky? There's so much pressure on you. Uh, you know, the, the job is pushing on you. The finances are pushing on you. Be anxious for nothing. That is a tall order. That's almost impossible. Unless, of course, we are casting our care upon the Lord. Oh, that's what it really it is. It's just a constant casting instead. Mm-hmm. Instead of, and it's a, it's amazing, Marjorie, how often uh, you know, believers they find themselves going through this whole process of worry mm-hmm. before they pray, and it's really, it's really wasted time, yeah. wasted energy. Yeah. It's very well. It's because it's that, debilitating. So if we if we can just learn <laughs> to 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 just pray right away when we feel the stress, when we feel the tension, if we're living in an attitude of prayer, Lord, I need your help. But this here. sounds Lord, so hard. Here's the deal. Bottom line, the problem that you're struggling with and worrying about is not your problem. Mm. That is a truth because I am a servant of the most high God. And as a servant, the servant can look to the hand of the master to provide everything that they need And if the master doesn't provide it, the servant doesn't have it. And that's not the servant's problem. It's the master's problem. So if if we realize that, you know what, everything I'm going through, God is permitting and God is working it all together for good and God has a good reason for it and he wants to use it to bring glory into my life, uh, glory for him as well, then then it doesn't have to be a big trauma. And I think worry drives people into the next levels of anxiety and stress, which then begins to take a toll on their body. So you have to say, no, worry. Worry is a, an, it's idol. an idol. It's, it's an, an idol. idol. Yeah. yeah. And, and someone had defined uh, worry as a sin that we're not afraid to commit. Right. And uh, we think somehow, we, we've got this twisted idea we, that if I think, worry about somebody, I love them. I care about them. I yeah. need to worry about my kids at night when I'm trying to go to yeah. bed because somehow, worrying is somehow going to keep them safe. Somehow, like, no, like it's worry, not. we equate worry with us being responsible. Right, yeah. And, yeah. and, and uh, diligent. Yeah, you know, and uh, caring. Caring, yeah. yeah. See, but that's not, that's not true. That's a lie. But that's a lie you're believing that keeps you awake at night, stresses you out, you get sleep deprived, then you wake up crabby and your day, the next day is harder than the day before. When you are worried about something, say, Lord, what's the lie I'm believing? 
And it always goes back. Everything always goes back to fear. Well, what are you afraid of? You're afraid something bad might happen. Well, can you stop every bad thing from happening? And does your worrying stop anything bad from happening? No. So who can stop the bad things from happening? The Lord. And what does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understandings and all your ways acknowledge him. So really when you're saying here, be anxious for nothing, we're just saying, he's just saying another way of saying, trust in me. Let me know. Talk to me. Talk to me. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. You know, I, the Holy Spirit will help you make a good, formulate a good prayer to the Father because he knows how to pray. He'll, he'll help you formulate a good, if you want to present your case as the Bible talks about in Isaiah, he'll give you a good way to present your petitions before the Lord. And I'm sure that it's kind of cute how the Holy Spirit helps us to speak to the Father and they both already got it figured out that they want to answer our prayer anyway, but they're just letting us, you know, ask as children to receive. Worry never brings a solution to anything. Not a thing. Not no, a thing. it just makes more money for the hospitals and the health right, right. professionals. Right, right. Healthcare professionals and yeah. mental it's health just, professionals. But, but let me just finish this. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 7. So when you bring your prayer, you bring your uh, prayer request. and supplication, you bring your request, you know, make them known to God. Now he knows these things. He doesn't say, oh, really? I did. You know, when you pray, it's not a matter of, oh, I didn't realize that you were going through all that. He knows these things. But he just wants us to bring those to him, mm-hmm. and that releases him to work powerfully in our behalf. Thank you, God. Uh, and it says, what's going to happen? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which mm-hmm. passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through, Christ, through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, that's, this is a this one prayer. Says guard, is a prayer is guard a, your hearts and minds. Right. Prayer is a pathway to peace. To, to peace. Yeah, uh, um, and you can you can let God know. I mean, if you've got concerns that the, the Holy Spirit is stirring up things He wants you to pray about, yeah. don't turn it over to the devil and beg Him for mercy. Say, God, here's the concern that's on my heart. And some people think, you know, well, I don't want to bother God with this. Listen, mm-hmm. He's not bothered. Well, here's another thing: people don't know how to pray. They pray their problems to God as if God does not know the problems. Really, seriously, that's a, that's you know that'll only drive you deeper into despair. What you want to say is, Lord, for example, you're worried about your children, or you're you're looking at your own life and seeing all this bad luck, whatever. You say, God, show me what are the agreements, what are the lies that I am believing right now that allows Satan to steal my blessings or torment my children or keep my relationships, you know, bad or whatever. What are the lies and say and. Just He said, my sheep know my voice. He'll tell you in your spirit. You will know. You say, well, that's just me. No, it's not. It's God revealing to your understanding through his spirit to your spirit what you already know. Now, the devil says through your mind, ah, you can't know anything for sure. But God doesn't say you can't know anything for sure. He says, you sure can. He says, you know, can know a lot of things for sure that I love you, that I'm never going to leave you, forsake you. All things work together for good that I'll keep you in peace. The whole bottom line is, are we going to, whose report are we going to believe? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so praying the problem, you know, God's very much aware of that. Mm-hmm. You might want to release that. Hey, look at here. I, I need this right now. But you don't have to go, you know, you can mention that, mm-hmm. but don't go over and over but, and over with it. Yeah. Um, so, 
But yeah. when you pray, okay, when you pray, um, you know, believe what happens with most people is in the, in the back of their mind, they have a little you know, God's doubt. not going to do it. Yeah. It's, it's never going to happen. Why would God do that? Why would God do that? For me or God will do that for someone else or, you know. And another thing, too, is we, we, we place a timetable. So, God, you've got or to a, a way that we got. Want uh, we've God got a way that God wants to do it. Well, God is not limited to limited to any certain mm-hmm. way, and He's got His timing is perfect. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a matter of delay. If you're if you're waiting well, it's a long time for the answer, yourself. Yeah, delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll it's not a matter you. of delay. It's a matter of God's timing is right, and mm-hmm. our timing. Mm-hmm. Our timing is off. Yeah, you know, I've noticed that in my whole life, in my life lately. You know that it seems like I want something, and let's just say I think I want it now, or and then. I, but I'm learning to say, you know what? But I'll let God pick the time. I'm going to push for if I'm going to push for it to do it now. It usually is something that gets half done or not done right, or it just doesn't feel right, or it's it's difficult. But if I wait two or three days or a week. The timing just shows up to be perfect, and then God brings that thing. But, but you see, I have to learn to let go of the control, the demand, the fear that's pushing me. And I say, you know, your will be done. But I think murmuring. You know, if you look at a lot of the sins in the Old Testament, for example, when they were in the desert and they didn't have water, they started murmuring. They didn't have meat, they started murmuring. And every time they murmured, it, it just got made things worse for them. God doesn't. God doesn't like murmuring. Part of it is because it just, it, like you're saying, mocks it makes, God. It makes it mocks him, mm-hmm. and it and it makes things worse for the. Well, it's the like saying I don't trust you, God. Where are you, God? Why are you doing this to me, God? And it's just like um, there isn't any kind of uh, confidence expressed in God. Here, here's the deal. Let me just just to, to wrap this up here from Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Says finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Now this is this is this is the the renewing of the mind that we talked about in Romans chapter twelve uh-huh. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what we're to focus on. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue. If there be any praise, think on these things. So here's the deal. I mean, that's the kind of things we need to focus on. And really, all these things would be true, honest, just, pure, lovely, things of good report, virtuous, praiseworthy things. Mm -hmm. Those are are truths revealed by the Word of God, truths of Jesus and all that. So... That's that's where we need to keep our our uh, our focus. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Anyway. yeah. Well, you know, um, I think we'll just we're going to take a little break in a minute here, but uh, just just to kind of refresh what we're talking about. This is really good stuff, and I think the people who are listening are going to be really super blessed um, because we don't think about thinking. We don't think about what we're thinking a lot of times. We don't think about taking every thought captive. So, why don't you think about that? Think about giving us a quick call. If you're listening, and I know some of you will hit us tomorrow and the next day on the archives, but, um, you know, God is constantly on trial in our lives uh, through the circumstances that the devil brings up, uh, the devil challenging God's workmanship in us. And here's a little, uh, little sample of, 
got on trial and what what he's had to go through to uh, show his love for us. The heavens shook. Satan fell. The war in heaven was ended, but the war on earth had just begun. I dare you to let me test them. Would you test them to find fault with me? Let them choose for themselves whom they will serve. Perfect disguise. So subtle, and yet alluring. (laughs) You will be more like him. That is why he has marked it as separate. More like him? Here. Delicious. Uh, You see? Nothing to fear. But I am afraid of one thing. Oh, what is it, my darling? What about Adam? Adam, where are you? Adam. You lied to us. It's time you all suffer like he made me suffer. Those two are guilty, and they will pay. Unless one can be found who is willing to pay the penalty for them. And I demand my rights to a fair trial to determine my rights. You shall have your trial in the very hearts and souls of those you so freely seek to destroy. Well, then let them judge this matter. Let the accused become the judge, and the judge become the accused. And that's pretty much what it is, isn't it? We're we're judging God, you know, every day. The devil is bringing his accusations to God against us, and he's bringing accusations against about God to us. So God on trial, can you tell us a little bit about that yeah, excerpt? Yeah, I'd uh, love to. This is uh, work um, that is there's 24 episodes. We're half done with the project, and we'd love to have you help us. Um, check the website, liferecovery.com, uh, for, uh, and go to the store, and you'll find out more about God on trial. It becomes a, it's a tremendous uh, inspiration, educational tool, but it also is a tract that helps people who don't really have much knowledge about the Bible or God or what, what went down and what happened. Really, all the, um, the story is taken from the Bible and uh, how God is uh, on trial in our hearts every day. And, and as bad things are set up in your life, how will you judge God in this matter? I think that's another thing we haven't really talked about. But really, seriously, um, if you're looking for something that's not only educational, entertaining, and inspirational, but also very helpful in, in giving to friends, people maybe who don't even know the Lord, who are a little skeptical. This is a perfect tool. Um, but, you know, going back to how are we judging God when something bad happens in our life, you know, the devil would have us judge ourselves as stupid, undeserving, guilty, uh, you know, all that negative stuff. But he, but he also is trying to create in us a bitterness against God. And this is so sad because God is absolutely, you know, you stop thinking about what has God charged us to live here. He gives us freely. 
the air that we breathe, the, the, everything, the, the resources, the, 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 the garden that he gave us to live in, the birds, the seeds that bring forth life. And, you know, um, he even lets those who curse him, he even gives them breath. He even gives food to the people who despise him and deny that he exists. He even gives bread to his enemies. You know, the sun shines on the just and the unjust. And this time that we're down here is a time of testing, a time of trial, a time of, of really seeing what we're made out of. And we, God already knows what we're made out of, but he wants to, he wants to perfect that which concerns us. And so in these trials, that, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that when you're going through something, is it bringing glory to God? Sometimes people think, well, you know, I have to suffer. You know, I've, I've, I've been in places where people think that these hard things um, that are happening in our life, it's just, it's my cross to bear. Uh, or, you know, obviously it's my punishment. I had it coming, um, you know, until the spirit of condemnation um, get, cooks up this garbage and you swallow it and it becomes part of who you are. And I think that we, we stop and, and we have to stop and realize that this trial is not just about us. It's about God's workmanship being tested in us. And our, are we going to stay faithful to our love for God in the midst of what appears to be. And, you know, we're coming into the days in the, in, the, in the world right now where people are going to abandon their relationship with God because it's going to be difficult. Um, and it's not seeming like it's worth it, and it's not paying off. And the devil has so many perks and rewards for those who follow him, although those perks and rewards are short-lived. Um, but one of the things, if we could for a second, I don't know if you want to do this, but let's go back and look at some of these lies and how they get started because... For every place where you're believing a lie, whether it's negativity or murmuring or um, don't deserve, every place where you're believing a lie, what's happening in your life, number one, if you look honestly and have the information and look back up in your bloodline, you'll see the exact pretty much same things were happening in your own people. Like, for example, say that the particular bad things that happen in your family bloodline are loss of inheritances. You will see that those have been happening in your family. People are being ripped off for a long time, generation after generation. They lost the farm. They lost their inheritance. Uh, it went to the wicked stepmother or whatever. You know, um, you'll see those patterns. Or if you have a, a lot of trouble with, um, you know, hardships or things breaking or financial difficulties or uh, whatever, you'll see those same troublesome demons creating those problems in your generation's past. And sometimes people, after a while, they just get bitter. They get angry because it's not fair. It's not fair. And, and, and most, most people have no clue, and even most people, most believers, have no clue about what you're saying here about the generational curses. Right. Now, does this, does this Marjorie, does this put us into a place of, of kind of a, a fatalistic view. Well, I can't help it. Um, Grandpa had this going on, and Dad had this going on, and I guess I'm just going to have this going yeah. on myself too. And yeah. I have to, I just yeah. have to live with it. Yeah. What What about that? That. Uh, that well, attitude? you know, the thing is that um, the the patterns are there. Even in the medical uh, arena, when you go to the doctor, they'll have you do a medical history. And, and through that medical history, they're kind of use that to confirm or 
uh, substantiate their diagnosis. Yeah, it's diabetes, and there was diabetes in the bloodline. And then they'll say it's not hereditary, and then they'll say, but you got it in your bloodline, so, you know, you've got it. But you're right. So a lot of times people will take that as a judgment or a curse rather than realizing it's not fate. It's not fatalistic. It's not, you know, they're doomed and it's going to happen because of their DNA or their sin. Because it's something that's spiritual, it can be dealt with. So it's, there's, there's something that, uh, is there. That, that we can do about it. Right. You're, you're, there is a pattern, but there can be something that can be done about it. It's not like, okay, the pattern is the pattern and that's God and that rules. It's like, okay, there's a pattern and now we want to fix this thing, you know. Uh, so what has to be done is to first of all recognize this is kind of what we talk about in the book Diagnosing Your Family Tree. You can also get that on the website, liferecovery.com. Diagnosing Your Family Tree, what we talk about is identifying the patterns and the lies behind them. And then once, for example, maybe great-grandpa believed a lie. Um, he got a, into a, his mind was set up that he was on his own. Maybe he came here from the old country uh, by himself, uh, no family, you know, had to work it all out himself and became kind of a self-made man, very, you know, harsh and, and deliberate and abandoned. Or maybe your grandparents lost their mothers and fathers and they were orphaned and that was very hard and they become very angry, bitter, and un, I, know, I don't understand why. So whatever it was, the, the, the crisis in their life led them to make some decisions or conclusions. And those crises are still feeding down into the system today to create. So if you want to get rid of that spirit of um, bitterness or anger or bad luck or abandonment or untimely death or whatever it is, you have to ask the Lord, okay, what was the lie that my grandfather or my grandmother, whoever, wherever it was, the, the, the breakdown in the, in the family bloodline, what was the lie that they're believing? And the lie, Jesus will bring it to you. He said, my sheep know my voice. So they were afraid. What were they afraid of? They were afraid that um, they had to do it themselves or they were afraid they were alone or they're afraid that no one was going to help them or that it was never going to turn around. It was never going to change. Or the only way it was going to change is if they worked really hard and, you know, whatever. And so you cancel out that lie as the authorized representative of your bloodline. You can do that because their blood runs in your veins like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you, you say, on behalf of my, my, my generations, my ancestors, my family, my father, my grandfather, whatever, I come before you as the authorized representative, Lord God, to cancel out the agreement that we made with um, it's up to us or there's a lot of only bad things happen to us or nothing good ever happens or we lose our inheritances. Um, I forgive the people who stole those inheritances from us. I turn the crimes over to you. So it's really identifying the area, the issue, canceling out the lie and forgiving uh, if there's forgiveness needed uh, for the people or whatever that were part of the, the, the crimes that were committed against us. So the resource that you mentioned, what is it called? Diagnosing your family tree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is a very significant resource, and um, there, you know, the, this is such a, a vital issue, Marjorie. That, and and a lot of it, you know, there are some people around the country that are addressing this, but uh, God has uh, gifted you and anointed you to address these things and giving you insight and understanding in your your many years of of counseling and ministering, mm-hmm. uh, the study of the Word of God. And the things that that he has taught you, and you've 
you put these in this, uh, and of course there's so many wonderful resources that you have at liferecovery.com, but um, this one too, Diagnosing Your Family Tree, as I, as I read through it, uh, and I see this one really kind of incorporates a lot of your, uh, all the teaching that you've done. On this particular uh, on subject, On this particular yeah. subject. Mm-hmm. It really incorporates that. So it's a great resource. Uh, friends, for uh, to yeah. help you see these things yeah. in your family tree and to help you get free, so you can, yeah. you know, get on with what what God has for you. You, you, know, know, you. And you've got once you not, you know the, the little saying that um, you know you got to watch these worldly sayings, but knowledge is power. What when you know these things? Jesus said, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. So. Mm-hmm. What what when you come into this awareness, and then you can use the authority, as you said, Marjorie, mm-hmm. that that we have been given as the authorized representatives of our family line, our family tree, to take authority to break these things. These are agreements, uh, over right? Us, you know, cancel these agreements. That are lies. Break these things over us, so we're not just dragging around. Yeah, you know, dead weight. You know, a lot so of people, we can get on with the race that right. the Lord has for us. A lot us. of people, you know, i got to say this, you make me think of this, that a lot of people say, well, I've, I've already broke the curses. No, you haven't. You think you have because you said, I break the curses. But, you know, it's like I really believe, though, God is very gracious and he doesn't have, expect us to dot every I, cross every T, and know every single little thing that went wrong in our bloodline. We have some responsibility to the Lord to... Specifically, you know, when a hunter goes hunting, he doesn't just shoot in the direction of a deer where he saw the deer go yesterday. He specifically is aiming at something, a target. And so when we're specific, I cancel out the agreement that we have made with idolatry, with fear, with worry, with um, doing it ourselves. I declare these things to be an abomination to the Most High God. And, and I declare that the Word of God is true. Really, it's, it's canceling out and declaration because, the, like you said earlier in the show, that there's death and life in the power of the tongue. For example, when something bad is going on in your world, you say, you know, I bind you spirit of whatever you want to call them. I, I, I some have names for them. So there's hindrance, harassment, um, delay, withholding, the thief. Didn't Jesus call him the thief? Yeah. How many times has he stolen from you today? You know, mm-hmm. kind words or thoughts or hope or whatever. And, and stuffed worry and fear in its place. But anyway, so taking that specific uh, responsibility or, or, or um, I, I don't like to even, that, even use that word, taking the specific opportunity. Opportunity to. Um, to cancel out. Cancel. Dec- declare the cancellation truth. Cancellation and. Uh, yeah. Declaration. Well, one of the things in that diagnosing your family tree, too. That was difficult for me, actually, was um, the section that's the most exciting for a lot of people is to name the lies that are behind certain incidents, certain events, certain like back pain and uh, car accidents and uh, you name it, addictions. What are the lies? And because the devil oftentimes tells a lot of lies to hold, like, for example, what is the lie behind um, addiction? Well, there's probably four or five of them, but the, or six or nine, who knows? But the thing is that all of those lies were set up at a point in time in your own life because the devil can't just do anything to you he wants. 
He has got to get you to agree because the rule in the war between God and Satan is simply who they listen to, whom they yield themselves servants to obey. That's who slave they become. And so um, this is the, the game plan is to get you to yield yourself to the enemy so he can bind you uh, and, and then wrap you up with more and more of this kind of frustrating behavior. So, so go ahead. Yeah, this whole, you know, the idea of um, spiritual warfare and, and, a, and a devil that's, you know, on the prowl out to get us at every turn, it, it freaks a lot of people out. So a lot of people right. just right. will deny that. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to think well, about yeah. that. Some people will say, "Well, Jesus, you know, he's a defeated foe." So why do I have to worry about the... You mean the devil's a defeated foe? Yeah, yeah. Jesus is victorious. Yeah, we say Jesus has defeated him. Satan is a defeated foe. Why do I have to worry about him? Um, Well... You know, that's kind of a a sort of a la-la land approach. Well, you know, um, I think that there's another decision we have to make is, what is this world? Is this world uh, a safe place? Is it a hostile place? Is the God of this world run this world? And is he contrary to all the things of God? Does he hate God's people? If he hates God's people and you're one of God's people, then you're at war with him. And Second Timothy talks about be good soldiers. Um, Paul talks about being a servant, soldier, a son. Uh, and, you know, all that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we get against principalities and powers, uh, take on your armor, your helmet, the sword. It's, this is a very military, uh, militant, battle that we are in from the moment we're conceived Mm -hmm. and if it weren't for the grace and mercy and protection of the holy god of heaven and earth and his holy spirit that dwells in us we would be dead before nightfall Mm -hmm. all of us would be because satan hates us but satan cannot just kill us because god is guarding us and guiding us Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so so really with, with dealing with these demonic powers and stuff we, which Jesus dealt with all the time. Yeah, and they just haven't gone away. No. Some people say, "Well, demons are go to church." There's something from <laughs> they go to church. Medieval times and superstitions and stuff. Yeah, they're in church every Sunday. Well, you know, people don't want to hear this because they're afraid. They're scared. You know, they've been all psyched out with stupid movies like um, oh, horror movies. Stop watching horror, people. Just don't put that stuff in your brain. That you know what. You let those images burn in your brain, and those images are now available to Satan to use whenever he wants to. Think on whatsoever things are pure, lovely, honest, and just, and good report. Don't look at those kinds of things. But back to you know, people, the, the exorcists, the, the, they just feel so inadequate. They've been dumbed down by the devil, stupor, deaf and dumb, to believe, I can't do this. I can't. But you are called by God. So you evidently don't know who you are, or you don't really know who God is. Because you're just thinking life is what it is. You're going to be so shocked when you get before the throne of grace. You say, what? You're kidding me. You know, this was a war. I could, wow. I could. I missed it. Yeah, and God says, yeah, you missed it. And, and, and I hope he doesn't say, you know, depart from me. But, you know, a lot of people are getting into heaven by the skin of their teeth probably. And they have missed the whole point. Yeah, it's just uh, there's, a, there's a story, uh, a true story told about a. A guy somewhere in Europe uh, during World War II, and he was just a simple guy, kind of lived out in the country. And uh, first he was taken 
uh, he was taken prisoner. Uh, one day the German soldiers came into his town or his little farm and took him prisoner. Mm-hmm. And uh, then later on, the you know he was given over to the Italians, mm-hmm. um, you know Mussolini's troops and stuff. He became a prisoner mm-hmm. with the Italians. And then later on, you know, the Americans came and the Americans, uh, you know, just, you know, kind of confined him for a while and kept him in check and then then actually released him. And at his release, this was at the end of the war, he asked this very open and honest question, what was the sh- what was all the shooting about? <laughs> I mean, he, he, he didn't realize that he was just in the middle of World War II. Yeah. <laughs> and so... And and, and 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 a lot of people. I mean, for us, it's so it's so common because we're we're in it every day. Where you know, Paul says, "Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life." We're in this every day, but a lot of people, church people, are, I, I really have no clue, or they do maybe give a little bit of lip service. Yes, we're in a war, but they're not really equipped to uh, fight to, it. To fight it. Well, they're 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 being instructed. I, I'd have to use the word misinstructed, misinformed, dumbed down, told a bunch of lies. They can't understand the word. They have to have an interpreter. They have to have a pastor, priest, or somebody to read it to them. It's like they can't understand it for themselves, and it's just pathetic. Um, it's such a waste of God's plan. Jesus, I have called you, like we said, and chosen you, anointed you to bring forth fruit. We're talking... I mean, how many churches, how many people on Sunday have heard that verse or something like that or whatever you hear in church and you just go home and nothing changes and you're still fighting fighting everything on your own, trying to hold on to your house, trying to hold on to your apartment, trying to get a job, trying to, you know, get rid of your, you know, indigestion, whatever it is you're trying to do. Trying, trying, trying. Trying is from hell. Uh, we have such power at our, you know, God has given, he says, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. And yet most people are being hurt, bitten, you know, by this serpent and so deceived. I mean, there is nothing, this is a war. And there is nothing out there that is worth fighting for, or holding on to, except the kingdom of God. Except Jesus Christ, the glory of God. And this is going to all end soon enough. Mm-hmm. So, so this this whole um, world system that we were living in, this evil, this present evil world, as it's described in Scripture, uh, this whole the whole world, John said, lies in wickedness. In First John, um, we we are uh, we're, we're inundated with lies. Mm-hmm. We're living in the midst of of lies constantly. Uh, that's what the world is. I mean, just the values, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just from the advertising, the music, uh, the movies. Um, there's there's fantasy, fable, myth, superstition, and just lies. So we're we're living in the midst of a swill of, of lies, mm-hmm. yet we're asked to uh, right. hold, hold to the truth. Now, let me just share this too. Uh, and of course, who is behind that is is the enemy. Um, he said um, uh, Jesus was talking to some religious people here one day, and uh, in John eight forty two, Jesus said unto them, 
if God were your father, you would love me. Because they were, they were opposing him. They were just mm-hmm. saying, well, yep, you know, they were. you're, you're, uh, you're an illegitimate uh, yeah. person. You were born, uh, you know, out of wedlock, born of fornication. We have one father, even God, that they were saying. So they're really challenging him. And, and again, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded, proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even Because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts or the desires of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Mm-hmm. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of, speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Now, here, here's the deal that these people were so, they were so religious, they were so even religious uh, around the one true God, but their religion that was sort of built around the one true God um, got them away from really loving the one true God. Uh, but he said, you know, but they were so inundated with lies that the, the, when the truth came, they would not believe. They would not accept the truth mm-hmm. uh, because they were, they were so influenced. He said, your father, your father is, you know, your spiritual father here who's really behind all this um, and, and the lust. And so you're... you're this is your generation. You're you're over your father, the devil. You're following the desires of your father. Uh, you're you're not receiving the truth. Uh, you're just so wrapped up in in lies, um, and they they wouldn't. They well, and not only not only that, but the lie was ripping them off, stealing from them, murdering yeah. them, cutting them off from life itself. But you know. Um, I'm going to read from, yeah, Life from, Itself. From Jesus, yeah. And where you were reading before in Philippians, he says, um, I just love this verse. If you, He says, um, well, after Paul talks about in whatever state I am there with to be content, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound in everything. And I've learned in both to be full and to be hungry, to be abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then in verse 19, he says, and my God shall, shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, either that's true or it's not true. So if we're going to believe God, then we start standing on this and say, you know what, I'm going to speak to this mountain of failure in my life. Um, and then uh, in, in Psalm 23, where he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, either God is telling the truth or he's a liar. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, that's there. But I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is right there with us, the good shepherd. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm-hmm. Like on the DMZ, God is setting up a picnic for us right there to enjoy his presence and 
Very eat cool. our lunch. Don't Very worry cool. about them. Yeah. He says, I got it covered. Eat your sandwich. It's okay. Would you like a muffin? You know, I mean, it's just like, or here's some watermelon. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. In other words, I am blessed. I'm not, you know, dry and thirsty. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's plan for us. And if we walk in his plan, we'll be thoroughly satisfied. Now, going back to a couple of uh, questions. And by the way, if you have a question, it would be a very good time to call in right now um, because we'd like to help you to get to the root of the lies. 347-215-8051. 347-215-8051. You guys are pretty quiet out there tonight. So we'd love to have you call in because I think this is where we can actually help people to apply the principles. This isn't just a theory. This stuff is truth that can actually be applied to the soul to bring it to freedom and healing. I think one of the biggest lies um, that people believe, uh, you know, when it comes to good things, bad things um, happening or not happening to them, uh, it's like it'll never happen. Um, it's never going to happen to me. It's never, it, it'll never happen. It'll never work. It'll never change. Um, and I think the important thing to understand is where did you first begin to believe that lie? or any lies that are causing, you know, loss of inheritance, your loss of courage or encouragement um, that's coming as an obstacle in your life. Um, nothing ever changes. That's, that's in, or maybe it's like nothing good ever happens to me or nobody ever cares about me. I can't expect anything else than I can do for what I can do for myself. So let's ask the Lord right now to, to take, you know, let's just say that someone here has got, that question, that, that issue, um, that unbelief, that doubt, it'll never happen. Um, my family will never get back together. Um, my kids will never get saved. Um, my husband will never get off drugs. Um, um, you know, I'll never be able to get out of this very difficult situation. Um, I'll never have enough money. You know, it's, who are you talking to? When did you first begin to believe this? Let's ask Jesus to take you back to the original place where negativity and doubt began to bind you up with it's never going to happen. It won't work. It'll never work for me. It'll never change. I can, give up. Can, can you give me, uh, Marjorie, in your, in your counseling ministry, uh, can you give me some examples? I mean, uh, when you get back to that original lie mm-hmm. that, and, and then and then things multiply from there, mm-hmm. you know. Just they just kind of add, you know, things. Different life situations get added to that yeah. to confirm that, reinforce and it, to reinforce, yeah. Re- reinforce it. Yeah. So what what are the are there any sort of? Sometimes it's just not necessarily some big traumatic event right. uh, that that happens. But is there any certain? Uh, Give us some, maybe some examples of, of, of I knew places. you were going to say that. Well, you know can what? You, can you do that? Actually, I have heard so many stories that they, after a while, they just kind of all they all run, run they all run together. together. But they're not like a lot of times. It's not necessarily some big no. traumatic event that just slammed you. Mm-hmm. But it's just maybe just uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's. Uh, Father walking out the door and slamming the door and right. Uh, or well, and exactly. And what what usually will happen is the Lord at this point when we say, "Lord, take us back to a memory." 
for those of you who are listening, even through the archives, you can hear this. The Lord is taking you back to a memory right now. And I bind any spirit that would hide or block the revelation of that truth so that you can actually get there. Um, now, Jesus, show them what's going on. So you begin to feel the feelings in the memory. For example, um, you know, one of the things might be a happen- that's happening here is the spirit of, of abandonment or rejection where, you know, people aren't feeling loved or secure or safe their child in their childhood, in their life. Maybe the parents are fighting. Maybe there's not enough food at the table. I heard a story the other day where, um, what was it, the, um, the woman was, uh, there was 14 kids in the family. The first family was her step-siblings, and there were six or seven of them, and then there was eight of the rest of them that were added later. So she was in the middle of the second batch. And so what's she going to believe as she's in the middle of that many kids? Um, dad's tired, war time, no money, not enough to feed anybody because it's back in the days, you know, right after the depression or whatever. Um, so what is that girl going to grow up seeing and thinking and experiencing all around her in terms of poverty and in terms of um, uh, abundance? What's she going to see? What's she going to feel? What's she going to be conditioned to believe? Oh, it's just futile. I mean, it's a futility. Well, I'm lost in the middle. I yeah, don't I, count. In the middle, uh, I not don't count. Food. I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, here my father is just working, doing, doing yeah. the best that he can, and there's well, still not enough. Well, and so they begin to believe, you know, there's never going to be enough because they we we are so, we continue on so much with the way we were born, with the way we were raised. I, I, you know, it's just amazing how we're conditioned in those early years to just believe that and see and, 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 and carry that on through and through. So to, to our next set of decisions. So she's going to believe that I am no good. I don't count. I don't matter. There's never going to be enough. Um, what's the use? Um, and getting lost in the middle and, and settling for what? What's she settling for? She's going to settle for just serving herself uh, or taking care of herself, not looking to any outside provision. And so we see, um, we see a lot of, of that kind of you know, thing going on in the people's lives where they've, they've, picked, up, they've picked up the mindsets and they've, they've carried them on and on and on throughout the um, their their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's how you know when people their life experiences you know form them uh, and I mean form them and and it's like what how how can people really? She's done. How long has it been off? Can we start? Yeah. Hey, we had aliens joining us, I guess, according to yeah, Des. We don't like aliens joining us. They, they're not welcome to join us. Well, you know, I think, honey, this is, if, they're, if, they're, if the people were hearing Obviously, what, we're right on. Yeah, the, the enemy does not like this because this is hitting him right where he doesn't want to be hit, mm-hmm. right in the truth. So, 
Yeah, we got a few minutes left, and I don't know if you've how much of this if you've caught, gave up, went away. But let's just kind of wrap it up a little bit as we can summarize. And I would just really encourage you to know. Let's kind of summarize. Okay, number one, what are the lies? The first lie is, when you're going to bad luck and superstitions, is that there is a God or a force, uh, a fate, a, a bad luck, a coincidence, a superstition, something that's more powerful than God. So you're worshiping a false God. So there's idolatry, and there's a lot of idol, idolatry and superstitions corrected, connecting with um, all kinds of pagan worship, magic, mystical fables, uh, the uh, Greek mythology, the God of this world, and all the stories he's created uh, to explain things that is just absolutely uh, defying and defiling of the one true God and the, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you've got the idolatry. Then you've got not knowing who God is and who we are, that we're made in the image of God and that God is for us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? What can separate us from the love of God? Um, basically nothing except one thing, and that is the lies that we believe. Because in that list, everything is listed except me. I can choose to believe or not to believe. And so that becomes the line where I'm going to step across that line and stop using my soul as my barometer to determine my spiritual uh, position and condition and, and go into the spirit and, and say, you know what, I'm walking uh, in the spirit, and therefore the Holy Spirit is guiding my life. So those are the basic uh, choices that we need to make um, and believing, fourthly, that the word of God is true and that God is here to keep his word in and through us um, and then going into the specific lies that keep us bound and pull us into bad luck and negativity. Right, yeah, it's taking captive every thought. Yeah, that's Jesus right. What, what verse is that? Uh, let's see, Second Corinthians chapter 10, 10, verse 4, maybe. 10, verse 4 and 5. Yeah. Uh, taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, that that means, you know, and just again, this is a little bit of a... For, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, verse 3, Second Corinthians 10, 3, Yep. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You were talking about the war that we're in. The, 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 the Bible uses a lot of military terms, war, you know, battle, weapons, um, etc. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what are those strongholds that we're talking about? He must be talking about something like a mind because he says casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so that would be... Bringing every that, thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, so, so these... Strongholds. Casting down what? Arguments and what? Everything. Debates, high things, arguments, thoughts, everything, uh, reasoning. Reasoning, superstitions. Yeah. Um, logic. Fables, yeah. Logic. Um, our um, ideas, opinions, conclusions. I, I believe reasoning is from hell. Um, and Satan presents such reasonable, uh, believable arguments that it's very difficult unless you really, really know the Word of God and really know the trickery of the enemy. It's really, really hard. So he to, lies, lies through reasoning. Oh, yeah. He, he uses religion, through. reasoning, responsibility, rules, um, mm-hmm. all of those things to build his very reasonable case against so, so us. So we're to cast down these things. Yeah, pride, arrogance. Every high thing that exalts the sense to get the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Uh, it's just my luck, that sort of thing. Those are things that exalt themselves against, against the, the knowledge, knowledge of God. God. Well, what so is the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God is, is that I know who I am in mm-hmm. him. I know I'm created in his likeness and image. I know that he loves me. If, if, if I'm a believer, which I am, and I hope you are as well, if not, you know, become a believer. Uh, put your faith and trust and hope mm-hmm. fully in Jesus Christ. He loves you. Uh, he came to uh, set you free from uh, the lies of Satan and from sin and to give you a whole new life. So the knowledge of God is that... Uh, his scripture is true, that he, he's he true, is that he good. doesn't his lie. His word is true. So we he, can stand on it. He sent his only son, mm-hmm. Jesus, to give us life that we might have a whole new life. And uh, he's with us uh-huh. always. Even unto the he, end. he is a sovereign God, which means he is over all. His kingdom rules over all, even though there's a lot of demonic evil things that are taking place around the world right now and will take place in, in many of the days to come. Yet, the time will come. As you look in the book mm-hmm. of Revelation, the time yeah. will come where ultimately Satan the, will be defeated. Mm-hmm. He will be cast into the lake of fire. Yeah. Uh, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms, kingdoms of, of our, our Lord, Lord and of his Christ, Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth in which dwells, righteousness dwells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those who believe him, there's going to be a, uh, we'll be at a place where there's no suffering, no death, no pain, no crying. Complete satisfaction, uh, no accomplishment. No sickness, disease. Yeah. There's a, a place of wholeness, fullness, fulfillment. Wholeness, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's something to, you know, to certainly look forward to. But mm-hmm. again, you mentioned, honey, again, the verse, last part of verse 5, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, you know, I think what that means, too, is that um, there is a way to do this, and it is through obedience to Christ. Submitting uh, obedience is the demonstration of our faith in God. When we obey him, Jesus says, if you obey me, if you love me, keep my commandments. So he's talking about this quality of obedience. And a lot of times people are pulled into a kind of a doubtful, disobedient, questioning, uh, hesitant place where they're quickly, they're not quickly just obeying God. They're thinking, well, you know, and they're, and they begin to reason. But he says, when you are obedient you know, taking captive every thought, making it subject to the knowledge of Christ, you're, you're going to be walking in a place where you are able then to do the warfare against the and pulling down the struggles. This is not about me, not about you, not about religion, not about a denomination, not about a, a, a gift of, you know, pulling down strongholds, not about a, a personality. This is about Jesus Christ and, and, and humbly obeying him. Um, so what about yeah right and so this we 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 defeat enemy by obedience to Christ right and by by believing the truth so right so in in this in this war then you know we <clears throat> here's here's the deal uh, in Ephesians chapter six mm-hmm. uh, this this is how the apostle Paul describes. And I won't read the whole thing here, but um, he says, uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Mm -hmm. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Mm-hmm. Not put, in our own power. Mike. Not in our own power. Put on the whole armor of God, the complete armor of God. I, I say, some people say, put it on every morning. I say, put it on and leave it on. <laughs> uh, Amen. Make sure it's on all the time. Sleep, on, sleep, sleep in, in your armor. Mm-hmm. Walk in your armor. Work in your armor. Play in your armor. Mm-hmm. Walk Put on the whole armor of God that may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devils. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, wrestling, mm-hmm. it, I'm not talking about, you know, WWF or whatever it is, wrestling. That, you know, these mm-hmm. uh, half-naked guys just slamming themselves and blabbing off and weird. showing off. But if you, if you look at, like, uh, high school wrestling or college wrestling, it's super, super intense. Right. It's it's very intense. One one little move and you get yeah. mm-hmm. wrong move and you get pinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness and of this world. This wrestling match is going on in our mind. Yeah, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're really no match for this wily scheming. We're really no match for the devil. We're not clever enough to ever figure him out. We're not powerful enough in our own strength to. Um, dethrone him or put him down, but we can, um, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, defeat him. But we have to take every captive, every thought. You know, even if it's like, okay, who's talking to me? Who said that? Where are you from? No, you won't. Shut up. You know, take your murmuring. Go to the pit. Worry, get out of here. Confusion, be gone. Um, Just right. You thief, put back my stuff in the name of Jesus. You will put back my inheritance. You will. No, you won't have it. These are the kind of things you need to, we need to speak and declare in the name of our God. As good soldiers of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. The point being is that... Um, because only then can God truly... He's got to have a spokesman, someone who's willing to stand and, and believe so that he can demonstrate through that person his faithfulness. The point I want to make here, too, is that even though this is a very... It's a life and death issue. It's very serious. It gets very intense in this warfare many times. But what I want to say is that we don't have to fear. Mm-hmm. We, we have to be aware of Satan, uh, but we don't have to fear. We don't have to live scared. Oh, man, the devil's going to be around. And it's like we don't have to be like a, a kid that thinks the boogeyman is under the bed or in the closet. We don't have to live in that kind of, uh, that sort of fear. We are aware of his power. We are aware of his um, yeah. everything. Uh, in a sense, we, 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 don't, we don't take it uh, casually. Well, you know, the thing is... It, but we don't live in just constant, oh, fear, well, what if the devil gets me? And we don't live in uh, other people's fear either. You know, people who are don't want to believe. They they really don't want to put on the whole armor. They just kind of want to dabble in God a little bit. You can't dabble in God. You got to get in or get out. That's the bottom line. And, yeah. and so I just I just want to say to some that may be listening to tonight, uh, if you're just dabbling in there halfway, um, you know, it should be either hot or cold. Yeah. Um, either, you know, get in or get, get in all the way or get out. Um, well, we're not telling him to get out. We're, we're not saying, telling you to get out, but 
You well, can't be you, you, lukewarm. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Right, you can't be lukewarm. And you don't want to be lukewarm. You want in to these be days. hot or cold in these days or any day. This is your life. You know, this isn't Jerry's life. This isn't my life. We've made some choices that I'm happy with the choices I made for my life, but I can't make other people's choices. But we're telling you that you have only one life, and that life you will have to present before the Lord God. And you can be all that God wants you to be, but you can't be all that God wants you to be if you are going to try to do it in your own strength. Yeah. It's like saying, well, I'm just going to be kind of like a half soldier. I'll be good. I'm going to be a A a half half athlete. Uh, You know, if you're going to be an athlete in a certain sport, you're going to have to, you know, you, you, you train and you prepare and you, you study and you learn from others and all that. And so, you, you devote yourself. But you know what, honey? In, in this particular race, this race is like it's the, it's the, non, it's the, uh, the opposite of being an athlete. You're, you actually learn to surrender. You let the coach, the Holy Spirit, do the coaching. Yeah. And as he, we follow his lead, we become, he makes us into um, a great warrior. Yeah, so it, it's, it's not, um, it's not, it's not, it's not a matter yeah. of just self-effort or mm-hmm. self-improvement or that in, in the training or something like an athlete. But the point is, is that you just get in, get in this all the way, you yeah. know, because that's where you're going to see the yeah. the maximum. The war will be intense, but the joy will be intense. The blessing will be there. And uh, there's only, you know, only one yeah. life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in these times or that we are in, uh, I just uh, beseech you, beg you, beseech you, mm-hmm. uh, give yourself fully to Jesus Christ because mm-hmm. there's there's really about. no other way. Any, you know, the uh, the other ways are the ways of death. There are the ways of destruction. There's the ways of bondage. And they're all temporary. And, 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 they're, and, and maybe you have a little temporary pleasure. Uh, but it's very temporary. Um, the, yeah. the, the pleasures of sin are for a season. And even if they think, well, I, I think I should do this. Well, I think it's Proverbs fourteen twelve where it says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof are the, 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 ways, of, are the ways of death. Yeah. So don't go by what yeah. seems right to you. Don't go by what, you, what you've been conditioned to believe. Go by what the word what the word of god is but this is a choice truth, this truth, is a choice this is where your choice rests will you who will, who's reporter you're going to leave who are you going to follow you there's only two there's not many options and you don't really get to make your own way you either are going to serve god or you're going to end up serving the enemy um well, and it's like uh bob dylan uh came to know christ uh uh Several years ago, and uh, he wrote, wrote a song. So you got to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. Might be the devil, might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. So yeah. Well, as we so wrap it up tonight, you know, one more thing. Choice. We got to make sure that we remind you too. For those of you who are in this area, uh, we're going to be having family camp next weekend, the J- July twenty fifth, sixth, and seventh, uh, Friday night, Saturday, and all day Sunday. Our speaker, main, uh, our main speakers are Reuben David. 
Uh, you can check him out at our website, and you'll find out more about him. He's going to be our guest next Tuesday night on the radio. Yeah, Ruben David. He's yeah. uh, originally from uh, India, a very powerful brilliant, speaker. powerful man of God. So and he'll then, be on the radio with us next week. So our, you can find out uh, more about camp. Go to liferecovery.com mm-hmm. or truelightchurchmn.org. Find out about the camp. Yeah. You can come for the whole camp. Um, or for the day. Or for the day or for one of the services. We welcome you. It's going to be a great time yeah, right out fun. here. Yeah. And then Karen Steen Finch, uh, nutritionist, herbalist, is going to be our, one of our other speakers. And uh, we've got really wonderful worship. I mean, it is going to be really a sweet time. There's going to be food. Um, actually, the camp itself is free if you're just coming for the day. Uh, so join us and... Um, we would love to have you join us next week as well. And we apologize for any kind of alien uh, voices, interruptions that you heard tonight in the show. Um, obviously, it's kind of a, in a way, I don't ask for these things, but it's kind of like, yeah, there they are again. So, well, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to bless you. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's... Uh listening, that's been listening to this uh, broadcast, Uh, we pray that your grace and your peace would be upon them, Lord. I pray that you give wisdom and understanding and blessing Mm -hmm. uh, to to walk in your ways, Lord God, and to uh, disregard um, the lies that um, we're so prone to believe that we don't even think of them as lies, Lord, but we pray that your blessing and grace of uh, for each listener uh, that uh, that we will all uh, live in your truth and it's a truth that will set us free so we thank you so much for this time just pray that the things that were shared tonight will be helpful to everyone um, that has listened and we love you and praise you and thank you yes in we... Jesus name amen 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 and good night good night Because there's a war for your soul.